Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the WBRX wake-up call. I know that um, I actually um, got caught up on an email and uh, started uh, looking at the clock and jumped on almost uh, almost right at the uh, 8.30 hour, which is a little bit unusual. So I see we've got a full scale of folks on the phone, and uh, just want to say we are so excited, again, to be able to get together with you uh, first thing on Monday morning and start walking through information that's going on, you know, both with WBRX and then also, you know, just talk a little bit about the things that, uh, you know, we hope are, you know, are relevant to helping you guys build and grow and develop your business. For Sean and I, it's always a, it's an opportunity. It's a pleasure, you know. We uh, we started this campaign when I've, I've had several conversations over the course of the weekend, and you know, a lot of people are starting to ask, you know, when did you guys get this thing going, and, you know, where where have things progressed to, and, you know, it's kind of interesting, but we got started with our pre-launch campaign uh, really in 18. You know, we, we've referred to it as the fall of 2018, and uh, we find ourselves here today in 2021 almost with a radically different world in every in every respect. You know, we you know in terms of you know the things that are going on economically, in terms of you know what has happened to our world. You know, obviously that took place you know in uh, 2020 with uh, COVID and a new uh, a new administration in, in uh, Washington, a new uh, outlook, if you will, with with respect to how people see things taking place inside of our inside of our country. And and many of us are you know very excited about that, and some of us are not as excited about it. And uh, you know, I just you know my encouragement with respect to people that have been going through a number of different you know parts of this. Some of them you know really phenomenal, some of them not. Is that we we don't really have any control. I mean really realistically speaking there are just many things that we don't have any control of you know none of us have control of a pandemic that starts here in this country none of us have control about who's in the white house and who's not in the white house and the different philosophical ideas between various types of um you know uh political parties we don't have any affiliation or we don't have any when i say no affiliation we as a company you know you as individuals we as individuals we don't have a a say about all the things that we all equally are facing, you know, and, and um, you know, the, the stuff that's going on economically and politically and otherwise, that's, man, that's the wind that's blowing out there in this country and in this world today. And the same wind that we, as we talk about, is blowing on everybody. And, and I think the significant difference of, of, you know, where we end up, you know, where our destination is, is really in how we individually <clears throat> set our sail in the in the moment of what's taking place today, um, you know, and, and and that requires some shifts and some changes and ideas and thinking. It requires a different perspective. It requires that we kind of renew our thinking and we we look out there and we see, okay, what is it that we can do today in this climate to adjust and change, you know, the the direction and, and set our sails so that we can find ourselves at a destination where we choose to be or we would prefer to be rather than just kind of aimlessly wandering around, you know, from, from uh, one destination to the other just, just by being thrown around by the wind, how can we navigate? How can we set ourselves to navigate so in spite of the things that are taking place, we can still make the adjustments needed? And, and what I've been telling people, and I, and I had a great conversation with uh, with a few folks on Saturday, and um, and that conversation was was really is intriguing because the things that are going on in our environment today 
are really just not the same as they were four or five years ago. And I do believe that four or five years from today, they're going to be drastically different than they are right now. And I think that the one thing that we all can agree on is that regardless of whether we're prepared for it or we're not prepared for it, things are going to change. So the people oftentimes that have had the most success in my experience are the ones that are aware and they're receptive and they're identifying with what they need to do uh, to, you know, to become flexible, to become pliable, and to be in a position where they can take advantage of, of these changes rather than having the changes come up upon them. And, and they're kind of rigid, not flexible, kind of maintaining the same course that they did, you know, in years past, expecting things to have the same result today, and that's, that's just not happening. So when people talk to us about our business model, <clears throat> it's interesting because oftentimes people that look at, at Wellness Biosciences, Rx, they don't even know that we're a network marketing company. I mean, we, we have a network marketing commission structure. It probably reflects more of an affiliate marketing structure than a network marketing structure, but it is, by definition, a network marketing compensation plan. But the way and the manner with which we build and develop our business is, is really not necessarily at all, uh, you know, what, what you would typically see or reflect in a network marketing model, even within our compensation plan. So sometimes people look at us from the outside looking in and they say, well, is this network marketing? Well, what they're really saying is they're saying, that, does this company have the, the same reflection as the last um, <clears throat> indoctrination, the last uh, person who introduced me to it? Does it look like that last meeting that I went to? <clears throat> because what people do is they define the idea of network marketing, and, and, and you know, some people call it relationship marketing. Some people call it um, you know, multi-level marketing. But in general, what often happens, as I, as I understand it from a lot of people, because we have a lot of people that have gotten involved with wellness biosciences, frankly, guys, that have really never had any high level of success in building a network marketing company, okay? They, they really haven't. They, they've really never had to. I mean, out there in the industry, you have to realize that the majority of people that get involved uh, in network marketing, they're, they're really trying to, let, let's just say that they're, that they're trying to, and it's a magnificent industry, and I love it, uh, but, but oftentimes what they're trying to do is they're trying to learn how to build this business from a person that maybe has never had a, let's call it a high level of success, or genealogically, in many cases, they're very removed from those that have had success. And in the, in the uh, you know, in those instances where you have people that have had great success, gentleman I talked to on Saturday, um, there, you know, he now has an organization, you know, that has evolved and grown over the last five years, um, you know, that now has, a, his organization has about 1.8 million people in it, and their cost of entry, and the way with which they do business and the services is drastically different. But let's just face it, that's a large number of people, okay? And it, it really does take, in many cases, most network marketing companies a long time before people start seeing significant revenues. Or let's just say it takes a lot of people before they start ex exhibiting those types of results. I was sharing with them in a conversation. We've got people over here that in their first 90 days are you know already generating anywhere between five thousand and fourteen thousand dollars of income in a month, and uh, and he was telling me he goes that's that's crazy because in our first year over here 
the, the highest uh, amount of money that we had anybody earn in our first year of business was somewhere around seven, eight thousand dollars after their first year. We, it's unheard of to have anybody in the first 90 days to 120 days generate that type of income. Now, those people that got involved that are there five years down the road, well, his highest earner over there now is $900,000 a month. Okay? Now, we, we, I share that with you just to give you an understanding, an example. And I was talking with a group of people on Saturday. I was saying, you know, and, and listen, our compensation plan is designed around a culture that we're cultivating and building specifically because we're looking to attract um, young middle-aged, older folks that are looking for a real way to capitalize a business, have a strong return on their capitalization, but more importantly, to be able to go out and, and, and to be able to build something for themselves and their family long-term. So it's, a, it's an equation. You know, when I, I, I use the example because it's appropriate. You know, you've you got Sean Baker, who is the president of this company, but, you know, about 20 years ago, he was just a guy looking for a way, you know, to, to you know, get himself out of debt and, and to be able to recover a $10,000 deficit, you know, because of, you know, basically a decision to start a business. Now, prior to that, his son had broke his arm. He had a, you know, he had something that actually took place in his life that kind of got him into an uncomfortable spot. So, so because he got uncomfortable, he redirected and changed his life. And I tell people all the time, you know, the reality is is that uh, when you get involved and you start a business, there's just some things that are going to be a little bit <clears throat> counterintuitive, <clears throat> particularly with our business model, because as I just mentioned, when you start hearing about the people that are building the business that are starting to actually have results and success, you start recognizing, okay, what is it that I need to do? It's already taking place out there. Hey, listen. I, this conversation I had with, with, a, with a gentleman who I was basically mentoring and working with uh, as a consultant and as a person, as a field leader, he was a very young man, not even 30 years old, who uh, was involved with a company where he was making, you know, a, a couple million dollars a year, okay? And, and that journey ended for him. It ended kind of abruptly because God led him in a different direction. And then he basically became a distributor with another company. And let's just say history, you know, the, the results speak for themselves. Well, when you start thinking about it in terms of differences and, and opportunities and people and places and things that go on out there, listen, guys, there's a lot of people today, more than I've ever seen in my career, that are looking for alternative ways to generate revenue. I think that the environment is different. People recognize that there's nothing that's, uh, that's for sure. A job is not for sure. A business is not for sure. There's nothing that is certain because our environment has immediately given us an example of, of, of how things can be one way one day and make a drastic shift the other day, and it has nothing to do with us. It's that same wind of uncertainty, and, and not knowing what's going to happen that has really created and cultivated a whole new group of people looking for alternative uh, forms of revenue. And, and when I first talk, start talking with brand new people, as I've been doing, listen, I, I'm, not I'm not trying to, in that immediate moment, share an opportunity for them to make a career shift. I'm talking with them about a way 
to start a business with relatively low capital, depends upon where they are, it depends upon their financial situation, it depends upon their contact base, it depends upon their financial situation and their credibility within their contact base. Those are the determining factors as to where people start. My thing is, look, if you're out there today and you don't have enough income to support what's taking place with you know, your need, then you've got to make some sort of shift. And I just show them a way to make a shift and to capitalize on an entrepreneurial opportunity in an industry that we believe is going to ha has already exhibited massive growth. I mean, let's, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we definitely chose the right industry because it's gone from, you know, maximums, you know, a couple hundred million dollars when we first got involved as an industry. <clears throat> Most of the product, by the way, that <clears throat> was coming from Israel and coming from, well, really mostly of it coming from Europe. Now today in the United States, uh, mo you see that most of the product that we have, in fact, all the product that we have comes from, uh, you know, comes from the United States of America. We don't have any product in our SKU at whatsoever that comes from anywhere else in the world. It's all grown right here, okay, from our, from, with respect to our CBD. It's extracted right here, okay? So, so now there's a lot more supply, and one of the things that we're, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things we're extremely excited about <coughs> is that as we move into the month of May, we're going to, you know, we're going to make some adjustments because we're getting uh, pricing from all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of our important suppliers, the ones that provide the right uh, method of extraction, the right concentration, the COAs, all the criteria that's needed within, within our, uh, you know, what, what, our, what our docs require, what, what you know, what, what our partners have already designated as important and what we know is important. So that particular uh, availability of supply has now become less expensive. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that wellness biosciences, because we've got a built-in group of people that are buying from us every single month. And, and that's the opportunity that we're sharing with new people to become a brand partner, to develop a network and what will take place within that network is as that network continues to grow and expand, they're building a network of built-in buyers because the, now you're looking at phenomenal quality, but now you're going to look at really competitive pricing. Now, the pricing we have out there right now, by the way, we're not at the very top and we're not at the very bottom. But because our suppliers have really brought to us a better pricing because there's more availability, more supply, guess what we're able to do? We're able to reduce our pricing. What is that going to mean? Well, ultimately, it's going to mean that you're going to be able to buy the product for less for you personally. It means that you're going to be able to now supply that product to your uh, customers. You're going to be able to supply it to people on a sampling basis. You're going to be able to supply it to others at a lesser cost. And today, in, in a, an environment where we're starting to see, I think the GDP results are going to come out this week, but, you know, as we're starting to continue, we see that the philosophy is pump more money into the economy artificially. Well, what that tends to do is it tends to inflate things. It tends to cause inflation. Well, if you look at the amazing opportunity within the industry, the cannabis industry and the CBD space, fortunately for us, there's been enough grow, there's been enough supply, there's been enough extraction that now our market share is such that we have a higher quali quality and quantity of product. 
And what that's going to mean for you and what that's going to mean for us as a company is we're going to be able to reduce our pricing and we're going to be able to expand even further more market share of both customers and brand partners, which is our focus to from the very, very beginning. Now, we've been able to successfully build even in the, in the midst of all of the things that have gone on. I mean, we face, listen, guys, look, there's no doubt. I mean, other people have gone through their challenges. We've gone through ours. You know, when we first got involved in this industry, banks weren't, I mean, we, we, we had to really search for depository accounts. And when we found them, and, and then banks started to recognize that there was a shift that was taking place in the industry, the banking side of it, we, we had to look for other banks to give us depository accounts because some banks just weren't taking, they weren't, they didn't feel like the risk was appropriate for them. Now, obviously now more and more banks after several years of the industry really growing at a faster rate, they're now looking to, you know, they want our business. But in the early stages, that was not the case. We had to go specifically to, to areas where we had no options or choice. That was just one hurdle. Having a merchant service not available and then having another one that was available and now having now we have multiple merchant services and we're able to provide remarkable service we've had you know because of the track record that we've had with our customers and, and really no chargebacks whatsoever with it with them you know with, with our merchant services here's what we're able to do now you can now we as a company can accept any major credit card and we have a very i mean i, th I think that uh, our, our limit, uh, you know, per transaction is now way up there. I think it's, uh, I, I don't know exactly what that number is, but it's in excess of any package that we have, okay? Any package, PP, I'm talking about from manager to PPC. So, you know, we've had the kind of people get involved at a higher rate. We know why they're doing that. They want to generate more income on what they're going to build. That's fantastic. But in order to do that, we've had to kind of process it maybe incrementally or we've had to kind of do some things to help that be, become accomplished. Now, it's just an easy transaction online. So these are major hurdles that we've had to overcome in spite of everything taking place, in spite of the fact that building and developing our culture has required us to, in many cases, do it by conference calls and by virtual uh, Zoom calls or what have you. Uh, now we're able to start, you know, having more frequent meetings, you know, and, and now we're able to meet, uh, you know, meet personally. We're able to go to restaurants. We're able to to, uh, you know, have our, our gatherings together where we're, now we're in the presence of each other. Well, that's made a drastic shift for the entire industry. The entire industry is, has gone through major shifts. And now people, because of what's taking place in this environment, can start marketably meeting and talking and, and seeing each other, and that's where you can start reinstalling the cultural aspect of your company. I was talking, I have a great conversation with the gentleman I was referring to, and and I, I shared this on Saturday. Listen, this, you know, the, the, the gentleman I was meeting with, he said, look, and he knows more as well as I do, culture is the most important component that you can have when you're building your business. The culture within your organization, how you establish that culture, the frequency with which you're talking to your organization, the level of communication, uh, the level of honesty, how prompt you are, how, how, how you create certainty for other people when you're doing exactly what you're going to say you're going to do and how you're always there, you're available, you're on time. See, that creates a culture, a, a fabric within the network of your organization that people can rely on, count on, and depend upon, okay? 
And, and so when we, when we often talk, you know, we <clears throat> have our meetings and we talk about things like, you know, if you tell someone you're going to do it, you do it. Or if you, you know, if you have a designated time for a meeting, you're there early, you're not there late. Well, the reason that that's so important from a cultural perspective is that people are counting on you or they're not. Or, you know, it, 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 I, I share my example. I mean, you know, you know, 30 years ago when I got involved in this industry, uh, you know, I was notoriously late. I'm just using this as my example. This is not about anybody on this line. I'm just talking about Barry Koshin. And the reason I was notoriously late, as was pointed out to me, is that I felt that my time was more important than anybody else's time. I didn't believe that uh, being a little bit late was a problem, that it could be excused because of, hey, who I was and the importance of what I was doing. Well, I was, I was really wrong when it came to building and developing certainty within uh, the, growing the fabric of a network. But I didn't have a mindset or a thought process that was relevant to what was needed to build a network or, or even a concern with respect to it. But I had, to, I had to change. I had to change so that changes could take place. Those were difficult changes inside of myself. I also had to learn how to listen and listen carefully to what other people were saying and what they were sometimes saying, not with their words, but with their maybe, – maybe their, their – uh, you know, their, their body language, perhaps, you know, sometimes people can say a lot by saying nothing, by, by no response, right? You know, we know that today. We call it ghosting. You know, now as we refer to it, you know, through the social media climate and, you know, re- return text or not text, I mean, now it's more relevant than ever. So, so I, I say that to say this. Listen, if, if things are going to, you know, if you have, if you have a vision, if, and I believe that's very important, if you have a vision – of what you're looking to accomplish or to build, if you have that vision, then, then there's going to be steps that you're going to have to take. And, and it probably hasn't been the same steps that you've taken before. It's probably going to be some steps in a direction of growing and changing you. Growth should be intentional. And, and so I can just tell you, I know, you know, Sean has his routine. I have my routine every day, <clears throat> every day. And I know this is true for my family. It's true for my wife. We take on the responsibility of listening to new messages. We take on the responsibility of making an intentional effort to grow personally. This is the most important factor that will contribute to the success of your business because as you grow and you evolve and you change, then what you become is is a more capable, a more – let, let's just call it a more on a person who's more viable to other people. You start to attract people because you're making an effort to change and to grow and to become more so you can have more. And, and that's really the important uh, formula. If you want to have more, then you've got to become more. So you, you start attracting people from different walks of life that you otherwise would have never been able to really sit down and talk with. I can tell you that in my journey when I first got involved in this business, there are a number of different people I was shooting. I, you know, we call it, you know, forgive the expression, we call it diarrhea of the mouth. When you're just throwing up all over people and you're saying whatever it is that you're saying about the company and about the product, but the reality is the first thing that people are looking at is do they want to make a decision to get involved with you? And sometimes when we find that people don't want to get involved with us, we just take it personally and we get hurt. And maybe sometimes we get hurt, we get mad, or we get upset. Rather than just reevaluating, what they're really saying is that, hey, 
if you want to attract that type of individual or those types of people, then the change that has to happen is not in them, it's in you. It's in us. It's in all of us. So as we continue to support each other in this effort to build and develop an organization to be able to attract more, to have more, to become more, it's a, it's a, it's a unified effort because we're in support of each other. You know, I, I look at the people within our organization, and I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we've been able to attract, uh, you know, Stoney Grimes or Michael Vanderveer or, 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 you know, Al Cheek or, or Dr. J.P. Nessick or, or Sarah Davidson or Olga Chapman or Gail Kinney or Patty or Eliza. I'm proud that these folks would have ever made the decision to get involved with the company because I know their decision was not just based on one criteria. Some of their, those decisions were based upon the individual who uh, introduced them to the business. Some of those changes or some of those decisions were based upon uh, the leadership that was provided by, you know, Sean Baker or, or by a number of different people that, you know, had a voice of influence. Maybe some of it was contributed by their vision of participating in this high-growth industry and, and capitalizing on the massive entrepreneurial opportunity. It was all a variety of different factors that came into it. But, but when we look at it, we go, you know what? We're attracting a pretty solid group of people that you don't see in many instances, not all, but in many instances, that, that don't get involved with other companies because maybe that just wasn't the right fit. Or maybe that just wasn't the right, uh, you know, just just the right example of what they wanted to see themselves doing from a from a uh, business perspective. I, I think that many of the people, guys, that have gotten involved, just like you, they're looking for a business opportunity or someone who can show them how to team up and to help build and develop a business. We we know that you guys are on this call this morning. You don't have to be here. There's a number of things that you could be doing right now with your time. We recognize that. You're, listen, let's just face it. We're all uh, right now on this call sharing the most important thing that we do have in our life, and that is time. You know, I've given the example in many cases, if you're fortunate enough to live 90 years in this life, that's a long time. That's about 30,000 days. If you're looking at someone like me or many of you on the phone, you may be at least halfway there. Let's just say that 15,000 of anything can go by relatively quick. Right, So we are exchanging the most valuable thing we have. We're exchanging time. We're exchanging thoughts. We're exchanging ideas. We're exchanging different emotions. We're exchanging the effort that we're looking to look out into the future. All of us share one thing. We're looking for more time, more freedom to have a, a quality life, to be able to take care of our families. It's not about money. Money is just a provision for everything I've just mentioned. Money doesn't change anybody. Anybody that says money changed you, they don't understand it. Okay, I can tell you right now firsthand, I've been a guy that had zero, nothing, and I've been a guy that's had millions of dollars. Let me just say this. Money never changed you. All it does is it makes you a lot more of what you currently are. That's all it does. If you're good, man, you pro I promise you you'll be lots gooder. If you're bad, you're going to be lots better. It just really that simple. <laughs> and I've seen it happen over and over and over. We see it all happen all the time. The people that come into a lot of money and then they go out and they blow it all, well, that's because they never understood the principles required to, uh, you know, to, to really handle what they were blessed with. 
And, and so they, they just became amplified. Every, all the money did was amplify what was really going on. I've had to take a careful look at myself and say, Barry, as, as you continue to become blessed, as your company, as your family continues to be blessed, what is the real motivating factor for you? I think for us and for my family and, and for my kids, it's, it's benevolence. It's being able to help shape, shape and change other people's lives in the same fashion that our life has been changed. Perhaps it'll be a little easier for them. I don't know. I'm sure that my children's life economically will be a lot different and a lot easier than it has been for me. I've had to kind of grind and work, and I, and I think it's extremely important that they know the same thing. You know, one of the things that we have challenge of in this current environment, particularly with the, with the younger uh, group, I'm talking about people between the ages of, let's call it between 20 and 25, is that they, they, they you know, there's a lot of folks out there that have found ways to not have to just work hard and, and recognize the value of hard work. And some of them just prefer to keep it on the scale, well, we're just going to work smart. Well, I think I'm a big believer that in this world today, that we live in, you have to work both hard and smart. You have to choose and, and select and feel led to get involved in a business where you can become more so you can have more, where you can start teaching and training and developing other people to fall in line. I, I'm, as, I'm the, the biggest responsibility that I'll ever have in my life is, is how I really parent and provide for my family. And then hopefully that can be transitioned and passed on to the generations that fall behind them. And so we all have some built-in intrinsic ideas and needs, and this business is a facilitator if we choose it to be. Look, I'm not here this morning trying to profess for one moment that you all on the phone are looking to advance and change your life and become, let's say, uh, a career person necessarily in this industry or even with our company. There may be some of you that that ends up taking place. I don't know. I mean, it, it may, it may, you may go through several shifts before you ultimately come to the deciding factor that that's what changes. But here's what we do want to uh, provide is an environment where, where people genuinely do uh, facilitate and, and help and care for one another. We certainly want to make sure that this is an environment that inspires, uh, that, that uh, gives people a level of inspiration of, of, of where they can advance, maybe maybe surpass their wildest dreams or perhaps just have dreams that never used to even have names to think about, you know, what they could do. Maybe the biggest uh, thought process of their, of their life was maybe going on vacation somewhere. And in that effort, they had to really, you know, do everything that they could possibly do. But, but we just get involved in helping people build a roadmap for their life if they choose to. And, and I know that personal development is not easy, believe me. I can tell you firsthand, looking in the mirror and asking yourself what you need to do to change you is not easy. It's a requirement when you get involved in, in cultivating and building a network and leading and inspiring and helping people grow. It's a big shift. But you know what? Like every attribute I've ever seen anybody exercise, and I, I refer to our training of exercising attributes of success, and before I turn it over to my partner, I'll just emphasize this. I can tell you that there have been times in my life where Maybe the, uh, whatever, everything that you see on paper looked magnificent, but maybe the emptiness came because I wasn't involved in exercising the same attributes that it took me to get to that position. One of those things that occurred before we even started this company is I had, uh, you know, I, I was no longer a, an owner-operator. 
I was no longer uh, involved in making the conscientious decisions of, of what would be involved in building and developing a company. I was just kind of on the consulting side, just kind of, you know, taking whatever someone would pay me and not too worried about the outcomes or the results. And so what can happen is slowly and, and almost insidiously, you, you can start finding yourself becoming different from who you were really designed to be. At least that was my particular journey. And, and many of you on the call right now, I know this for a fact, you know, all, I believe this all, as children. I mean, we all have an entrepreneurial spirit. We all do. And sometimes that entrepreneurial spirit can be, it can be subdued or, or it can be blown out. That, you know, that, that flame can be blown out because people tell you that it can't happen or it won't happen or I'm not so sure, you know, I don't know about network marketing or I don't think that I'm not so sure about building and developing a network with medical grade CBD and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a wellness-based durables or I don't, it, there's always going to be that element of naysaying that's out there. I've had the biggest naysayers come into my life that you could ever imagine and sometimes that can be a challenge. We get it. The reason that we come together is not to just offer people the information in the presentation. It's not just to make sure that they understand the value of, of a particular new product that can help them in so many different ways with anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's not just because we're trying to give people the provision of freedom through air that doesn't have any sort of uh, you know, pathogens or, or let's call it viruses or, or, or bacteria or mold. It's because we genuinely want to support each other and help each other accomplish what they're looking to accomplish. You know, 20 years ago, uh, you know, about 20 years ago, I met my partner, Sean. One of his goals and desires, simply put, was to start out to where he could get himself out of debt, credit card debt, pay for, his, uh, pay for the medical bills, and then see what happens next. Fortunately for him and for many others, okay, they saw this and it became something more. It didn't all happen at once, but it happened from one success to the next, right? As God says, from glory to glory. Okay, we, we, all, we all recognize, we, we're probably, and many, many of us on this phone right now, we're here because we chose to be here, we weren't sure why, and then we made decisions and we're here, and now we're progressively changing. We're changing our outlook, we're seeing the different facilities of change, we're involved with the company, we're starting to see people starting to have the economic value, and here we go. Well, those changes will continue to happen as long as you allow for them to happen, and we firmly believe, guys, that we're on to something, we're on to something big. We've got some phenomenal people that have helped us in so many different ways, and we're, our outlook of where we're going as we launch into the months of May, June, and July is extremely high. So with that, guys, I'm going to turn the call over uh, to my partner, Sean Baker. I'm going to sit back and take some notes, brother. Appreciate everything that you do. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Hey, great job, Barry, and uh, appreciate you guys jumping on these Monday morning calls, as Barry and I always talk about. We just love to love starting our week this way, and we hope you guys love starting your week this way too, right? And so one of the things that I'm going to talk about this morning, I just got about three things I wanted to cover real quick, and it, it was a reminder this morning is about staying you know, on focus and focusing on the right things, not the wrong things. Or when I say the wrong things even, you know, the, it's funny because, People are like, okay, so there's a right and a wrong. No, nothing is black and white, but, but you kind of know energetically if people are focused on the positive or the negative, right? And, and, and I'm just talking broad strokes here. And so I just was listening to Barry, and he's been saying this for years, and I think it's hilarious when he does. You know, but he, he says money makes you more of what you already are. If you're good, 
it makes you gooder, and if you're bad, it makes you badder. And and obviously, you know, Barry's an educated man, both formally and informally. I mean, he's probably read as many books or more than any one individual that I personally know. I'm not saying that there's not other people out there, but of all the people I know, Barry is constantly, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I read that book too, or, you know, oh, I have a, I have a recommendation about that subject matter. And so, you know, if you have ever been on one of our Zoom calls or you've been to Barry's house, you know, he's got a nice extensive private library there. It's usually kind of his backdrop on the call. And the reason I say all that is because, you know, Barry clearly knows the difference, but, you know, or knows, knows how to speak. He knows grammar. He speaks for a living. He's made a professional, you know, he's made millions of dollars speaking for a living. And no, and this hasn't happened today. So please don't think I'm talking about anyone on this call, but I would not be surprised because it is human nature that someone would either behind, you know, behind his back or, or maybe even to his face say, Hey, Hey, Barry, you know, uh, you know, gooder is not a word, right? You, you know, batter is not a word, right? And he does that for effect. He was just trying to be funny and have a little levity. Although the message is the same, right? If you're a good person and you make millions and millions of dollars, then you want to do good things with that money. And if you're self-centered and, and, and selfish and you want to hoard and you don't really care about other people, whether it's your family or your community or your faith, then, then you're gonna you're, you're gonna keep those those dollars and you're gonna tight fist them and as as my grandfather used to say I'm gonna die the richest man in the cemetery and of course that was a family joke as well but anyway all that to say is it's about focusing your energy I would not be surprised because it has happened in the past that instead of people asking questions about the six step marketing program or how to be more effective when sampling or how to um, you know, move a prospect from a Zoom call to a live meeting. You know, instead of having questions about growth and about transformation and about accomplishing more of your individual goals, I have seen people, but their takeaway from the call was that Barry used the word gooder and better. You know what I mean? And it's just about, it's about focusing on the things that, that are going to help move the needle, help advance and grow your business, and basically nothing else. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have family drama. I'm not saying I don't have, you know, if you guys can tell right now, I sound very stuffy. I mean, I'm just, I'm like anybody else. I've got kids. I've got bills. I've got life. I've got, you know, extracurricular activities for my girls, and they're all very competitive. And so it's not like a 30-minute practice here or there. I mean, my, my poor daughter, Christian, probably puts in about 18 to 20 hours a week in the gymnastics. So there's a lot going on, and I can barely, this is just me, but I can barely stay focused on all the things that are critically important to me for my children and my grandchildren and what I want to accomplish through this journey. I simply make sure that I don't have time for the other stuff, the, you know, the, the garbage, the, the, the just the chatter about, about, you know, Barry trying to make a joke about being gooder and badder. And, again, guys, this has nothing to do with present time. I'm just saying I've heard people get so distracted at the craziest things that were just really intended to be a joke anyway. But, but what they're really doing, if you look at the heart of it, they're just looking for a reason why not. You know, Barry has always been very complimentary of me, and I greatly appreciate it. Everyone could use a little, a little ego boost every now and then. But really, I was a guy, people, you know, back in the day, I even had someone once say, well, you're quite the young phenom, aren't you? And I, I didn't even understand what they meant, the young phenom. I mean, I was 26. I was, you know, already making six figures in the industry, most of which that time I had a, another full-time job, you know, that I was trying to transition out of. 
And I didn't feel like a phenom. I didn't even know what that meant. What I felt like was a guy that had been in the Army, had gotten a job in corporate America that was very regimented and structured. And when I was able and privileged to be mentored by a guy like Barry Koshu, he just said, do this. And I did this within the best of my abilities. I, I was the guy that basically was just too, not, and I'm not trying to be self-deprecating here, but really too dumb or too ignorant to, to my new environment within the direct sales space. I'd never done it before, so I was just too dumb not to listen. What do I do? Oh, do that? Okay, I did that. Now I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again. And I wasn't some savvy, experienced, you know, you know, uh, uh, what does Barry call him? Uh, uh, oh, like ninja in a suit or something. Barry used to use a joke about basically being like a, a warrior in a suit. I wasn't that guy. I mean, I learned how to become, you know, to present the information and become good on my feet and to up my wardrobe game because people do, in fact, you know, that's the first impression. It was the old, the old uh, deodorant commercial. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. So I learned all of those things about attire and about carrying myself and about the way that I communicated and the difference between a, a proper joke and a joke is probably not real proper for certain situations. I mean, I was as green as the day is long, but to some degree I used that to my advantage because my newness, my greenness, I wasn't a guy that was telling Barry how I thought the cow ate the cabbage. You know, well, I think if our sample boxes look like this or if our price point looked like that, and I'm not saying those things are important, and I'm certainly not saying that we don't genuinely value and appreciate that feedback. I'm just saying I was not focused on any of those things. I was focused on mastering each step. And it's not like there's a million. There's just six of them. But I was focused on mastering the six-step marketing program. I never looked at the labels. I never – and I'm not saying that's good, guys. I'm just saying people want to know – how I generated six figures in my first year, and it was staying hyper vigilant and super focused on the things that I thought would would move the needle, not the things that the company was or wasn't doing, or not the the grammar that Barry did or didn't use. I took all of those things and I used them to my advantage. I even used my youth and my inexperience to my advantage. I remember one time Barry said to me, and this is my third point here. But Barry once said to me, he said, man, I think you're doing a great job, but you need to fish in a bigger pond. And I said, I'm sorry, Barry, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a greenhorn. I don't understand that expression. What do you mean? And he said, look, you're a sharp, articulate, fun-loving 26-year-old, and you hang around with other what? Sharp, young, love, you know, fun-loving, young, you know, 26 to 30-year-olds. I was going to the, the young professionals meetings, as an example. And what Barry encouraged me to do was in no way, in no way uh, not be involved in the things I had been involved in, but expand my circle. Start looking, you know, going to maybe a little bit nicer golf courses where people drove nicer cars and they made a little more money and they were a little further along in life. I mean, there's not a lot of 26-year-olds who, who there's a lot who want to start a business, but there's not a lot of 26-year-olds in a position mentally, financially, or otherwise to really start a business, a franchise. Though we're not a franchise, we treat this much more like a franchise than just some little multi-level thing, right? And so he, he encouraged me, he said, look, you need to fish 
in a bigger pond. You need to be around more affluent, probably a little older, a little more seasoned, further down the road in life, probably a little more financially set, maybe not, you know, two and three and five-year-olds, but kids that are either older or grown and people that are really looking to start a business. And, and that scared me, guys, because I was 26. I had not yet really been a business owner, and I was frankly intimidated to go to talk to a 46 or 56 or 66-year-old and kind of explain to them my vision for where I thought I was going and, and the company that I wanted to build and how they could participate. But what I had to do was, was kind of backwards math it and go, okay, I want to attract you know, 45, this is at 26, by the way. Now it's funny because now I'm, now I'm 44 and I'm thinking, well, back then I wanted to attract someone kind of in my position. It's just sort of funny how it comes full circle. But anyway, I was a guy that was like, okay, I'm 26. I want to attract this type of person. So what can, how can I use my youth to my advantage? Now I'm going to tell a story real quick that's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not. I want you to know. I used my youth and I used my inexperience to attract people to, air quotes, help me take my business to the next level. But where it sounds like or it might sound like I'm contradicting myself is I never apologized for my opportunity. I never made it look like their evaluation was going to sway me one direction or the other. I more conveyed like, hey, I'm Christopher Columbus. I've already burned the boats. Now, I need help building the cities when we get there, and I need help with infrastructure, and I need people to surround me that can do all the things I can't do. But make no mistake, I'm on the boat, I've, uh, you know, and I'm headed one direction. And so I was very clear. I was not asking them, oh, will you evaluate the business and let me know what you think as if it was going to some way sway me or direct me or guide me away from my goals. What I would say, and, and this happened, this is a true story. There's a guy that owned, if you're a Houston local or you've been around the area, there was a dealership. It's no longer there. It was, now it's, it's Planet Ford Lincoln. But it used to be called Northwood Lincoln Mercury. And I had gotten to play golf one time with the owner, one of the co-owners of Northwood Lincoln Mercury. His name was David. And he sold the dealership when he was about 56. That's not true. I think he was about 52. You know, mid-50s. He sold the dealership for $3.2 million profit. That was what he got to keep out of it. But he was a young, good-looking guy on his second marriage, played a lot of golf, had worked. I mean, dealership hours, as you guys know, I mean, dealerships are basically 9 to 9, and, I, you know, all day Saturday, I think maybe they're closed on Sunday. But he had put in his hours. He had earned his money. But he was a young enough guy that he wasn't necessarily ready to hang up his cleats. You know what I mean? So I just called him. I said, David, look. Uh, you know, we have played golf once upon a time. You're a young man. You've been very successful. I said, I can really use someone with your skill set. I told him. I got involved in a network marketing company, had no idea what I was doing, and now 12 months I've gone out and made six figures. I was able to show him, you know, not, not like a check stuff. I was able to show him magazines and show him, um, you know, awards that I had gotten and shown him what I had accomplished basically by myself. And then I let him know. I cast a vision for what I hoped to accomplish in the next three to five years. And then I basically sold him on, for lack of a better word. I said, look, I've gone from zero, from nothing, no customers, no anything, 
to, to a six-figure income in a year, imagine what we could do together. Imagine a guy, 26, full of, pardon the expression, but full of piss and vinegar, full of energy, ready to rock and roll, and a guy that's 56 who's made millions in business, who's extremely good with people, who has a passion for life, has still got a lot of gas left in the tank. Imagine what we could do together. Will you come evaluate this opportunity and see if you can align, you know, if, if, if you can align yourself with where I'm going inside the company, with, with the direction I'm going inside the company. So David came, all I was pitching him on was his evaluation. So David came, played golf with Barry at Royal Oaks. He came to a three-day conference, got involved at PPC, which back at the time was $300,000. It was a $240,000 cash outlay, if I recall correctly. I'd have to double-check my math, but it was a it was a significant event, and, and not only did that check represent thirty or thirty-five thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars in commission. What we built going forward, and Dave and I are still very good friends. We talk several times a year. He's back in the car business. He's helped me buy a number of vehicles over the years, and, and we have a great relationship. But what we were able to accomplish because I was able to use my youth and my inexperience to attract someone who wanted to mentor the next generation who had already accomplished in life, but who knew, he could see in my eyes, I was not asking for his blessing. I was not asking for his permission. I damn sure, pardon my French, but I damn sure wasn't begging him. I was, my sale was set, and I was all about recalibrating or adjusting as, as you know, someone that would guide and mentor me but I was not turning around. I was not dropping my sail. I was not being talked out of it. I was, I, there was no doubt. You may not believe where I was going, but there was no doubt that you knew I believed where I was going. And so David got involved, and we accomplished a lot of great things together. So I used my youth. I used what would arguably be seen as in a little bit of an, 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 an inadequacy as it relates to leading someone, you know, twice my age, double my years, but it, it worked and we accomplished great things together. And so I would just tell you guys to focus on the right environment, the right people. Look, if you're hanging around, you know, Denzel Washington, I, I, well, he was quoted as saying it. I don't know if it's his original, but I like Denzel, so I'm going to give him the credit anyway. But he said, you are a subset of the five people that you hang around the most. If, if you hang around five idiots, well, you're the sixth idiot. And if you hang around five successful, you know, uplifting, uh, uh, entrepreneurial, you know, encouraging people, then you're the sixth. You are a subset of the people you spend the most time around. And that was hard for me because my friends at the time were, you know, recent college grads, you know, some of them, you know, engaged, some of them newly married, some of them very single. And they wanted to go to work all day and then they wanted to party all night. And I had to really reevaluate re personal friendships family relationships because I had become a subset of that environment. You know, I would work all day at Enterprise, and my, my wife at the time, my children would be at home, and every, all the guys wanted to go, and not guys and gals, all these youngsters wanted to go out for a happy hour. Well, well, guess where I wanted to spend my time? I worked hard all day, too, so I wanted to go out to a happy hour with my team, and it was kind of expected in that environment, and it was honestly the worst thing for me. Arguably, one of the reasons that, that you know, it, it lent towards – uh, the demise of my marriage, you know, is because I was I was hanging out in the wrong environment. And as I reevaluated those things, and as people that cared about me 
kind of guided and directed and, and would reset my sales, so to speak, I began making better decisions, hanging around more of the right people, and, and, and basically becoming a byproduct of those, um, those around me. And so that's what I'm encouraging you guys to do today is, one, expand your vision. You know, Olga has now made, just as an example, last month she made $5,000. My hope for her is that she expands her vision and wants to now make 10000 in a month and that ten becomes twenty and twenty becomes 40 But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen if you don't stay focused, if you don't have good leadership, mentorship, and guidance, if you don't get your story down where you're not, and this isn't directed to Olga, this is just directed to all of us, where we're not apologizing for our opportunity, we're not apologizing for our products, we're not apologizing for, for trying to help someone look better, feel better, make more money, and have more time. I'm not apologizing for doing you a favor. And I'm not, I wouldn't say that so overtly or rudely or abruptly, but that's the bottom line. I am not going to apologize to anyone for trying to help them balance their endocannabinoid system and make an extra six or seven figures. That's, you're welcome. I mean, that, that needs to be our mindset. With the right energy, with the right attitude, with, with a humble nature. But at the end of the day, if I have to either say I'm sorry to someone or you're welcome to someone, I'm on the you're welcome side of the house. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to do you a favor. And I would let them know that. I would tell people back, you know, when I was a distributor, I said, look, I, you know, you guys, this is a little bit, a little bit talking out of both sides of my mouth because while I may say to someone, I don't know your situation, but, and then I, you know, and then I go on. The truth is, is I do know their situation. I don't know the details. I don't need the deep, dark details, but we're not all very, very different or very, very far apart. I have children. Barry has children. I have daughters. Barry has daughters. My daughters are going to want to get married. Barry's daughters are going to want to get, going to want to get married. You know, Barry's in a different place economically. He's in a different place, you know, in his, in his age and how long he's been married. We're different. But we're the same, right? I mean, last Saturday, I told a story. We had a great little business development call, and I just told a story that was very true about my own personal life. And I had two people reach out to me and say, you know, five quick texts, hey, man, thank you for sharing that story. It was great. It was funny. And, and you don't know how badly I needed to hear it. And while I didn't know how badly they needed to hear it, I know that someone out there always needs to hear it because I always need to hear it. I need to know about your struggles your trials, your tribulations, and how you overcame them, what you did to, to, to change your situation. If I need that, don't you think other people need that? So I'm sharing my stories. I'm sharing my trials, my tribulations, my successes, my failures, because I know other people resonate with those stories, right? So two people reached out to me directly. One person reached out to another person who then reached out to me, but all three you know, messages were the same. I needed to hear that. I'm struggling with that same thing. Guys, it's not magic or voodoo or a crystal ball. It's because we're all more or less the same. We should have the same, same but different. I know that sounds weird, but we're the same, but we're different. Blood pumps through our bodies. We're born with a purpose. Many of us don't know what that purpose is until sometimes it's too late, but we're all seeking why we were put on this earth. We all want to make a mark. We want to leave I, most of us want to leave the place, our, our, our earth, our country, our community a better place when we're gone. We want our children to have, you know, less struggles than we did. We want them to, to, to find, uh, pursue and find happiness at a greater level than we did. I mean, we're really not all that different. And so 
I just share stories from my heart that, that speak or mean something to me, and you'd be surprised that when you start sharing your stories from your heart about why you got involved, what you're excited about, where you're going without apology, and you start inviting people on a similar journey because they have similar struggles, your business, the face of your business will change, it will grow, and you'll be happier, you'll be more fulfilled, and those around you that, that, that choose to accept the journey will too. And that's all that we hope for for each and every one of you guys. So thank you guys for bearing with me this morning through my congestion. I feel 100%. I just, I just keep sneezing and sound stuffy, but thank you for the kind words you guys have texted me and the prayers. They're always well-received. I do feel great. I just sound a little funky. So thank you guys for bearing with me this morning. Very great job, inspiring as always. I know we've got a big week coming up, but guys, if you need anything, just text, email, call. We're around, and, and we sure appreciate you. So thank you. Barry, back to you. <clears throat> Sean, great job as always. And, guys, I know that uh, this week, you know, we're closing out uh, the month of, uh, of April and, uh, you know, heading into the month of May. You know, many of you have, have you know, texted us, called us, or emailed us about the brand partner uh, opportunity, whoever collectively has the most brand partners. And many of you have asked the question, who has the most? Well, we, we don't put everything up on a leaderboard, and we're not trying to create a, uh, an environment of competitiveness within you guys necessarily. We just want you to compete against yourself. And, uh, you know, we just encourage you, go out, you know, finish out the month, bring on as many brand partners as you can. You know, when we get to Sandustin, uh, you know, at the end of the summer, Labor Day weekend, I, I think most of us are going to be very, very excited about, you know, those people that, you know, kind of got involved and did all the volume. But, man, everyone's going to believe me. They're going to point back to the, uh, the contest in April. And they're going to point back to the person that went out and brought on the brand partners that they brought on to have the, to, to have the results that they're going to have. Believe me, that's going to make a huge difference uh, for you. So finish out the month of, uh, of April strong. Do exactly what you can do. You know, go out, share the opportunity, bring people on as brand partners. It's forty nine ninety five to become a brand partner. You know, within WBX, we we certainly would love for people to certainly have enough product to be able to use, share, and give away. But it's it's completely up to you, and it's completely up to them. It's just, it's not about where it's not about where you start. It's really about where you finish. So with that, guys, have a phenomenal day, and we'll talk with you very soon. God bless. Bye bye.